turn to the book of Nehemiah tonight, Nehemiah chapter number 5, Nehemiah chapter number 5, and I am anxious to uh, get to the many things that I want to uh, make, make you aware of at the conclusion of the service, but I, I do want to spend some time uh, in our text tonight and the message the Lord's put on my heart that I think will tie into uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about and uh, why we as a church, it's important for us to keep moving forward. Uh, when a church gets satisfied where they're at, they begin to die. Uh, when a church begins to say, well, God's used us, praise the Lord for that. Uh, but uh, let's, let's just coast for a little bit. That's when a church uh, begins to die. That's when Christians are in danger, uh, when they just begin to coast uh, in their Christian life. Uh, there, there, there are ups and there are downs and there are uh, seasons of life, certainly. Uh, but we ought to always be anxious to do more for the Lord. And you may not be able to do the same things uh, as we get a little bit older in this life, but uh, we ought to have a desire. And as a church, we want to keep moving forward. And the way God intended it for generation after generation for His church to march on. Uh, if we do things right as a church, and we have done things right as a church. My father sits down here. He pastored for 32 years, and uh, there's a generation that uh, built a work for God for him, and then it got passed on to me, and then long after I'm gone, if this church does what it's supposed to do, it should continue on. And it does not hinge on one person. And so uh, I want us to just be reminded of some things uh, from the scripture tonight uh, so that uh, as we uh, look at some of these things, I'm going to mention uh, later in the service and in the weeks and months ahead, uh, it'll help us to be reminded of uh, the purpose uh, of why we do what we do. Nehemiah chapter number five, I'll begin reading verse 14 in just a moment. I love the book of Nehemiah. Uh, the Nehem book of Nehemiah is a uh, very interesting book. It's a rich book of principles. It's a rich book of uh, guidelines from Scripture of how we are supposed to live. And living by principle is just a lost thing uh, in this world today. And you, we, I want to I make sure that we always, as a church, and Nehemiah is full of these things, but um, Nehemiah has uh, come to rebuild the walls, and God is going to use him uh, to rebuild some things in the city of Jerusalem. Um, and uh, we come to, and he was, of course, uh, served in the king's court. Uh, he was his cupbearer. Uh, he had access to uh, all the things that royalty had access to. And he left all of that because there was a burden that we read about in Nehemiah chapter number 1. He was burdened uh, by the condition of his people. He was burdened by the condition of his nation. He was burdened by the condition... Uh, would to God we have Christians today because of a burden would get out of their comfort zone because of a burden uh, we would get out of their routine so that they could do something more for God but he's God's going to use him and he faces adversity he faces enemies he faces threats he faces all of these things but there's a there's an important there's so many important things in the book of Nehemiah but I want to look at verse number 14 of Nehemiah chapter number five uh, moreover from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah from the 20th year even unto the 2 and 30th year of Artaxerxes the king, that is 12 years. I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. At uh, the beginning of this chapter, Nehemiah rebukes many of them because they, had, uh, they were ruling over their brethren because of debt and things of that nature. And basically he rebukes them and says, 
there's a lot bigger things at hand here. Be honest. Uh, let's consider. And so now he's going to go into a little bit of a personal testimony. And even though he served uh, in, the, 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 in the king's house, he is speaking up for these 12 years at the end of verse 14. I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. But the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people and had taken of them bread and wine beside 40 shekels of silver. Yea, even their servants bear rule over the people, but so did not I because of the fear of God. Yea, also I continued in the work of this wall, neither bought we any land, and all my servants were gathered thither unto the work. Moreover, there were at my table an hundred and fifty of the Jews and rulers, beside those that came unto us from among the heathen that are about us. Now that which was prepared for me daily was one ox and six choice sheep, also fowls were prepared for me, and once in ten days store of all sorts of wine. Yet for all this required not I the bread of the governor, because the bondage was heavy upon this people. Verse 19, think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. <clears throat> We're going to take just a few minutes and look at this passage of Scripture I want to give us some things to think about, but I want to speak on this subject tonight, living for a greater purpose. Living for a greater purpose. Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight as we look into the scripture. <clears throat> I pray that you would allow the word of God to speak to our hearts. And Father, uh, help us this evening as uh, all the different things that we do at the end of the service, but may we focus on what you have for us tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Living for a bigger purpose. I think we all would acknowledge tonight and very quickly, uh, there is a greater purpose. We say that and as Americans tonight, we're reminded there's a greater purpose. And we're certainly grateful, we're certainly thankful uh, for the generations that went on before us who understood and lived for a greater purpose. As Christians, uh, you read through the Bible, you study church history. There are those who made sacrifices. There are those who the Lord used in ways uh, that we don't desire to be used, but the Lord used them. Why? Because there's a greater purpose. Think of our Savior who left heaven for that greater purpose of salvation so that you and I could have our sins forgiven. Nehemiah is, reminds us in this passage of Scripture that there is something bigger to live for than ourselves. Oh, we live in a selfish day. We live in a day when it's all about me. It's all about what I want. It's all about what I think I should have. It's all about those things. And uh, we should not be just living for ourselves. There is something greater to live for. Uh, every, every father, every husband, every head of the house, you should have a sense of this with your responsibility. If you love your job, wonderful, but even if you don't love it, you need to get up and go to work tomorrow because you have a greater responsibility. Well, I just don't like what, what is your responsibility. We need to live for that which is greater than ourselves. I'll remind us as a church tonight that there is a bigger cause than you. There's a bigger cause than me. There's a greater opinion than yours. There's a greater opinion than mine. And that's God's opinion. That's God's cause. That's God's purpose. What is our cause? It is God's cause. It's to reach the world with the gospel. 
What is our goals? They should be God's goals. Collectively, as a church, we do not get our directions uh, from the, the local uh, church book, Christian bookstore. We don't get our directions from the internet. We don't get our directions from some headquarters. We get our directions from the word of God, God's cause. Every parent, you need to be reminded. We need to be reminded. We have children in our home. Uh, we ought to rear those children according to the way God wants them reared. Why, it's His purpose, not our purpose. And we need to be reminded of that collectively as a church, but also individually. Christian, from the choir all the way to the nursery, all across the building this morning, uh, this evening, whatever, the purpose that God has is a greater purpose. Well, I just it just inconveniences me. Well, God's purpose is greater than yours. God's, don't we like our own opinion? We value our opinion, don't we? But you really, you know, when it comes down to it, there's one opinion that matters. It's God's opinion. And Nehemiah is reminding the people, he has left comfort. He has left security. He has left ease because of a burden God put in his heart we find in chapter number 1. He has been, been given permission to leave the house of the king to go and rebuild. Read the book of Nehemiah. That was not an easy task. He faced an obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. We come to chapter number 5 and he rebukes the improper dealings with those that would hold usury over others. And in a summary... He basically says, there's something bigger at stake here. I, I, I love the, the boldness of men like Nehemiah. Uh, he had some uh, uh, crumbs in his lap in verse 13. Also, I shook my lap and said, So God shake out every man from his house and from his labor that performeth not this promise, even thus be he shaken out and emptied. That's pretty bold. Uh, as I, as I shake out my lap, may God do that to everybody who doesn't do what they're supposed to do in this regard. It would be great if we had some boldness like that. But I, but I like the response. And the congregation said, Amen. And praise the Lord. And all the people did according to this per promise. They're starting to get it. There's something bigger at stake. There's a cause that is greater. And friend, wouldn't it be a tragedy... If we got in the way of that which is greater than us, if we got in the way of the cause, we got in the way of what God would want, wants to do, God has blessed us, there's no doubt. Uh, God, God has uh, given us miracles, there's no doubt. But, but I would hate for it to be that we could have done more for the cause because we did not realize uh, and we forgot that it's not about us. I want us to see a few things here in just a few moments uh, with this idea of living for a greater purpose. And before I get into the outline, let me just interject. That's why our programs are set up the way our programs are. That's why you have children in our church. I, I, you know this, but I just want to remind you, they are going to be reared through the programs of this church to serve the Lord with their life. They're going to be told there's something greater than making a bunch of money. There's a purpose that they can use their life for. And I'll just remind all the teenagers, all the young adults, and uh, you know, you, you know it's, it's gonna, this is going to be a brick wall when you come to me and say, well, I just don't feel called. Well, can you think of a greater cause? 
to use your life for than just to use your life to be a witness to people, a blessing to people, and to keep people out of hell. What a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. There's a cause greater than us. Uh, And Nehemiah reminds them, he rebukes, corrects, then he testifies. That's our text tonight. And I want you to notice, first of all, as we look into this, he was aware of the needs among the people. I believe this with my whole heart. I believe one of our, our failures is we don't take time to realize the need. Nehemiah was aware enough to know there's a problem here. There's some who would do more, but there's others who are keeping them from doing more. There's great needs amongst the people. He says in verse 14 and then again in verse 18, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. Meaning he has not taken liberties. He is not, and I'll expand on this a little bit more in just a moment. Uh, he, he is not uh, trying to uh, just enjoy uh, the luxury of life. He realizes the needs of people. It would do us all well to realize that there are people in this world and people around us that have needs. And we've, God might just use us to meet those needs. You realize there are people, you know that. You're aware of the population of Jacksonville and the surrounding counties. There, there, are, there are people, there's person after person after person where they're lost. They're not saved. And if they die before they come to that point of salvation, they'll spend an eternity in the devil's hell. That's a bigger deal than our comfort, don't you think? But sadly, many Christians never become aware of the needs of those around them. How many of you, the Emmanuel Baptist Church, has been a blessing to you? I'm just going to wait until everybody raises their hand, not to make it awkward or anything. We've got a great church. What a spirit in this church. You just can't replicate it. It's of God. We have a great Church, hasn't it benefited you? Hasn't it been a blessing to you? Uh, I was hoping for a, a greater response than that, but has it has, I mean, it's been, been a blessing to you? Don't you think that there's others that it could be a help to? It could be a benefit to? But we've got to become aware. Uh, you know, I could ask you tonight, how many of you got a need? How many of you got a problem? And we all have our own needs. We all have our own things we're worried about. But let's not forget that there, there's, there's a greater cause. There, there, there's things that are greater for us to be concerned about. Uh, secondly, let me mention very quickly, he didn't live, Nehemiah did not live with his gain as the goal. He wasn't living for himself. He says in verse number 14, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. He then in verses 15 and verses uh, 15, he talks about uh, the things that he does have. Verse 16, he continued in the work of the wall. Read the book of Nehemiah. I would challenge you sometime to set aside some time. It's not a very long book. Read from from the entire book in one setting and get a sense of all that Nehemiah and the people faced. All the, I, I could just say it like this, the devil threw the book at them. Every tool at his disposal. He threw it at them to keep that work from being completed. It was, more, it was easier in the palace than building that wall. And he reminds them that he 
didn't take of the, he's not eating of the bread of the governor. He's not taking advantage of that which he could take advantage of, that which others have taken advantage of. What is he testifying? He didn't live with his gain as the goal. It's going to be a wonderful thing for Christians to, 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 to grasp this, realize there's a greater purpose, there's a greater cause, and then we get to heaven and we see our Savior, and God acknowledges our, our sacrificial living, well, it's going to be a wonderful thing to realize that we didn't just live for ourselves. What, what, a, what, a, what an unfulfilling, unfulfilling way to live. I just got to have more. I just got to have more. I, I, I pray God gives you and gives you and gives you, and if you're a Christian, if he does, and he blesses you, praise the Lord. You need to think about why he might be blessing you. Let's not live with our gain as the goal. As a church, there's a balance. I've been, we've been living it for years. I remind you of it. I remind you of it again. We want buildings. We want things so that it can be a blessing to us. But we're not going to sacrifice the cause and the purpose that our church exists. We're not cutting missionaries so that we can have a little more padding on our pew. We're not going to do it. We're not going to cut out that which will be a help. Well, Pastor, I want to see that from a business standpoint what kind of a return the bus ministry is and what kind of return all this it is. Number one, no. Uh, second of all, it's not about what we can gain. It's about God's cause. It's about his purpose that he has set. And all of us, I think, could testify that if we live for ourselves, we might get a little more temporal gain. But what about eternal gain? What about that which we will enjoy the benefit, the return for eternity? There are a lot of Christians who live for themselves. They've, they, a lot of young people, they, they, they have an opportunity that others don't have, and they say, well, I'm, it's my life which is one of the biggest lies the devil has ever told. Uh, it says, it's my life. I'll choose what I want to do. I'll decide what I want to do. And I'm just going to enjoy everything I can enjoy in this life. But eventually this life is going to be over. And as a Christian, we failed to lay anything up in our eternity. We're a child of God who God blesses for being faithful, and he will bless your faithfulness is aware of the needs of others, doesn't just live to get. And by the way, don't come to church just to get. <clears throat> Participate. <clears throat> Sometimes Christians come to church and they're mad when they walk in the doors. They're upset when they walk in the doors. They don't sing when it's time to sing. They critique the special music. Uh, it's like, oh, he's talking about that, that again. Then they don't speak to anybody. And then they leave and say, I just didn't get anything out of the service. We well, didn't bring anything to it. Participate. Don't just live for yourself. He didn't live with, his gain, with gain as his goal. Number three. Verse 19. I love this verse. He turns his attention from speaking to the people. Then he turns his attention to God. He says, think upon me, my God, for good. I wonder how many Christians have prayed that first part of verse 19. Think upon me for good. God, would you, when you think of me, would you think good? 
Would you think of, of me? Would you, would you reward me? Would you, would you think good of me? Isn't that what we would all pray? Uh, God, would you, would you think favorably, favorably of me? But let's read the entire verse. Think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. See, I'll just mention verse three, or number three and number four, and I'll tie them together, and we'll, we'll conclude tonight. His generosity was his reward, and he depended on God for his blessing. Think on me, God, according to. According to what? All that I have done for this people. God, when you, when you think of me, this is how I want you to think of me. I want you to think of what I've done for everybody else. I want you to think about how I've lived and I've sacrificed for your people. I want you to think about the investment in the battles that I have fought so that other people may... God, I want you to think about what I've done for these people so this wall can be rebuilt. I believe, church, this would help us if we would pray... Lord, think upon me, my God, for good. Hey, I'll tell you, when, when, I, when God thinks about me, I want him to think upon me for good. I want him to say, I want to bless Greg Neal. I want to do for him. When I think of him, I want, I want to bestow favor on him. That's a lot better than the other side of that coin. God, would you would think good of me? Would you bless me? Would you provide for me? Well, let's add the according to. All that I have done for this people. What if God, all the blessings he bestowed on you was tied to what you did for other people? What if all of his favor was hinged on the sacrifices you made so somebody else can have the gospel? So somebody else can have an opportunity in life they would not have had. What, what about all the favor? And this is what you need to remember, young man and young lady. You're young now and you look at your whole life ahead of you. But there's going to come a time down the line when you're going to need the intervention of God. And you're going to pray a prayer. God, would you think of me? And you've lived for nobody but yourself. I believe it with my whole heart. One thing that is so true that bears out in that book and bears out in the life of Christian after Christian after Christian is the intervention and favor of God because God looks down at Christians and said they have not lived for themselves. They have been faithful in giving attention to my cause, giving attention to that which is important to me, and I will bless them because of what they've done for other people. What kind of return do we get for giving thousands of dollars a month to foreign missions. What kind of benefit is the Emmanuel Baptist Church going to get for sending $30,000 to Africa to buy, church, to buy property and to support national men? I don't know. Maybe when it's time for us to break ground. We can say, God, according to... This is a principle, church, we cannot get away from. I, I'm gonna be, I look at the budget. I look at the numbers. I look at the amount. I know I can tell you 
to the penny how much it costs to run a bus on Sunday. And then I can look and see what it costs to build buildings and do other things. But if we keep the purpose in mind, are you with me tonight, church? We keep that which is near to the heart of God to press forward in ministry, to press forward and, and live for that which is bigger than us. Friend, I want to I live and I want to have a part in what Emmanuel Baptist Church does in the t- year 2019, in the year 2020. But when 25 and 35 years goes by, I want part of the foundation of this ministry to be how I lived and what I gave so that even generations beyond, how, how, how do we do that? We keep what is important to God, other people as the priority. We're going to keep supporting the missionaries. We're going to keep investing in souls. And we'll just let God build the buildings. Now don't get me wrong. He's going to use us to do it. But he prayed that prayer. And the the generosity of God was his reward. He depended on God for his blessings. Here's a simple question. Who are we depending on for our blessings? Are you depending on you? Are you depending on God? As a church, are we depending on us? Are we depending on God? I say this statement often, and I'll continue to say it. It's a good reminder for all of us. It ties in with my message this morning of controlling what we can control. But God's not going to do what he expects us to do. But when we as a Christian... When we as a church have done what he has told us to do, God will step in. And God will take care of the rest. God will take care of the generosity. Hey, church member, you can't tithe because you can't afford to tithe. Um, God, think on me. According... To what I have done for the people, how about a Christian? You've been tithing, but you just haven't taken that step of giving to missions. Think on me. God does. Again, I'm repeating myself, but read the book of Nehemiah. Read the challenges. People, armies, governments gathered themselves in opposition against Nehemiah. Nehemiah left the palace for that. But Nehemiah never put the focus on himself. He put the focus on the cause. He put the focus on that which is greater than him. Well, Pastor, I just don't think this is a direction we, we ought to go. Well, it's not about you. It's about the cause. It's about God's assembled all of us here together to do something for him. And in the days, in the weeks, in the months, in the years, in the future, we're going to have an opportunity. There's many of you, you've been faithful for decades. And I can see how it would be easy to say, Pastor, I love your vision. Let's just be honest. I'm not going to be here to see it all fulfilled. Well, that could be true of any one of us. 
But wouldn't it be great for generations to come, for there to be a place in Jacksonville, Florida, where the, where the Spirit of God is evident, the Bible is preached, that's God's plan. That's God's purpose. I'm 45 years old. I know I don't look it. Some of you are saying, some of you are saying, yeah, I didn't know you were that young by looking at you, but I see the vision that I think God would have us fulfill. I pray the Lord just returns. That would take care of it. But I, I see the vision that I think that God would have me to lead this church into fulfilling. And at 45, I've come to the realization that I'm probably going to spend my life preparing and leaving behind something, many things that I won't have a lot of time to enjoy myself. But it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the cause of Christ. I, I know we know this, church. I know we know this. And I am talking tonight to what I believe is the greatest church on God's planet. Generous people, faithful people, giving people. But let's never get to the place where we'd rather have, listen to me, we'd rather have the governor's bread than God's blessings. I'd rather have God's blessings than the governor's bread. Too many churches are satisfied with the governor's bread. Too many Christians are satisfied with the governor's bread. When if we push that aside and we step out by faith and we trust the word of God, we could pray, think of me, O God, according to that which I have done for thy people. I'm going to be honest with you, I have prayed prayers. God, would you intervene? Would you provide based on nothing else but the fact that there's one church that cares about the poor that no other church cares about? There's, there are hours given to people who have nothing to offer Would you, and I believe God in his favor looks at those who would sacrifice, who would see the greater picture in according to. First, let me just ask you a simple question and we'll go to the invitation. All of God's blessings and all of God's favor hinged about how you live for other people or how you live for yourself. How many blessings could you anticipate? How confident would you be when you entered your prayer closet and said, God, according to what I've done for thy people, would you think on me? Let's be reminded tonight, it's not about us. Isn't God good? Don't you believe God will provide for you? Don't you believe God will take care of you? Do you believe that tonight? He doesn't always give you a map either. He doesn't always tell you how it's going to happen. This church is proof of that. Well, let's just keep his purpose 
his cause as our focus. Father, I pray tonight.